Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're here with you live, and we've got a great guest today. The title of the show is, Will We Remain Idle While Liberal Agendas Destroy Our Nation From the Inside Out? Our guest actually wrote that title uh, when he sent me information on himself. So citizens are stepping up all over the country to run for office uh, at, from the local to the federal level. And as the 2022 election cycle gets heated up, we are going to give candidates for Congress an opportunity to get their message out. And today's guest is a Republican running for Congress in Florida's 10th district against Democrat Val Demings. You'll remember Val, she voted to impeach and led the impeachment fight against the 45th president of the United States twice. Uh, but our guest as a father, pastor, and constitutional conservative, he is a living, breathing example of the American dream. Originally a North Carolina native, he grew up without a dad in a low-income community. His mother worked to provide the best she could. Uh, and you know what? He found God and learned from God's guidance. Uh, he got a calling to better the lives of others throughout the greatest nation on earth. Our guests joined the ministry to share God's word amongst various communities throughout the United States. And in 2010, he actually formed the Black Republican Association to combat the unfounded negative stereotypes so often lodged against the Republican Party, the party that freed the slaves. In 2014, he relocated to Florida. Uh, he got his PhD in religious studies while preaching throughout the greater Orlando community and he's remained in Orange County, Florida ever since. In short, my friends, he believes in God and country, and most importantly, that anyone can succeed no matter what station in life they're born to in this great country, the United States of America. Uh, I think you're going to love his policy perspective. He unequivocally supports the Second Amendment. He believes we have to maintain the right to bear arms. Otherwise, once that amendment falls, so too does our First Amendment and all the other rights in both in the Constitution and those not documented in the Constitution. He believes it's time for our federal government to put Americans first, not foreign nations or foreign nationals like illegal immigrants. He believes our immigration policy must be reformed. Our borders must be secured and our elections must have integrity and be rid of fraud and interference or the potential for that. Dr. Willie Montague, sir, welcome to the Rob Manus Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a, a pleasure to be on the show, and I'm excited about the conversation. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, sir. Uh, we met uh, a, about a month ago at a conference face-to-face. -face. I've seen you speak. Uh, uh, your candidacy really is exciting. Uh, so, I mean, I went into a little bit about why you're running, but, but let the audience hear it from your own voice. Why on earth are you running for federal office? Well, a uh, part of the reason is, uh, you know, as we have mentioned the different things, uh, as far as policy goes, but it really just goes back to the basic common sense. And as you've seen, what has taken pl place over the last few months with the current administration, that there is a lack of common sense in the federal level, and there is a lack of representation. And we have to get back to the place where the voice of the people is once again given to the people, and it is no longer about dictatorship, it's about representation. And I, for one, want to be able to see the quality of life for all people. I want to be able to see where there are policies and legislation that is in place that is making sure that it's for the people, by the people, and not by, uh, you know, 1,600 pages of information, a bill that uh, most of them do not read. So it's, back, it's about getting the common sense so that we can have true representation. That's fantastic, my friend. Uh, it sounds very familiar uh, to America first uh, believers like myself, who's run on similar policies uh, that, that I see you believe in. Uh, what, uh, what about this district, though, Dr. Montague? Uh, this is not going to be an easy race for any Republican. Uh, how are you going to achieve victory in, in this district, which is pretty strong Democrat? 
Absolutely. Uh, it's definitely a strong Democrat. We're seeing right now where they are redrawing the lines because we know, according to the Constitution, that uh, is a requirement that every 10 years that a census be drawn. And this is what we're seeing now. I personally don't know if my district is going to change. I believe it's going to pretty much remain similar to where it is, which means it would pretty much be blue. With that being said, I believe that we have a great opportunity to really show the strength of the conservative movement. And the way we're going to be able to do that is by engaging. We have to make sure that we're constantly on the ground with voter registration. We have to make sure that we're hearing the concerns and the needs of those who are constituents. And we have to make sure that we are knocking doors, that we're out there uh, really just hitting the ground running. Is is no longer going to be about having the posh politician. It's going to be about having someone that has backbone and that is out there to really work for the people. So I'm going out there to represent all people. We have different things that are out there in place that we truly believe is going to be what is going to reshape 2022 for District 10. That sounds solid. Uh, how's the fundraising going without going into any, giving any trade secrets away? How are you well, doing? It's, it's going, but we absolutely always can use more funding to come in. It's, we're up against a machine. As you know, the Democrats seem to have a lot of packed money and they seem to get money from sometimes we don't even know where they're getting it from, but they're getting millions of dollars. And so this is a great opportunity for us to show our force as the conservative movement that we're going to get out there and we're going to win. We're going to win with our message and we're going to win with the money and we're not going to back down. So we're on the ground. We're raising money. And of course, we can absolutely use more. Tell folks where you're, we're going to do this several times throughout the show, Dr. Montague. Tell folks where they can make a donation. You can go to teamwilly.com. That's team, W-I-L-L-I-E.com. And um, there you can actually see my platform, ask any questions, send an email, and most importantly, click the donate button. And as the audience has seen, I've been putting up comments, uh, you know, just a reminder, the audience can ask questions through the comment sections on the various platforms that they're on. Uh, and uh, you're getting some great uh, feedback right now uh, from uh, Leo Doran and John right, Fisher. Thank you. Uh, very positive feedback. I think you've seen them come up on the screen. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, uh, again, you can ask questions uh, as we go out uh, through the show. Uh, uh, but so maybe this will generate some questions. This is my next question, Dr. Montague, and that is lay out your America first policy agenda that you will uh, use when you win this race and you get to Washington. Absolutely. The first thing about when we say America first is really about understanding that the founding fathers had in mind that we were a country that would be able to stand um, really one on the word of God, but be able to stand on some principles that would be able to protect the rights of individuals. And so going to D.C., which we, we call it the swamp, going to D.C. is an opportunity to be able to really make sure that we're interjecting those those principles that was instilled july 4th to be 245 years um and so here on our two uh, our 245th birthday we have an opportunity to really roll into something that is great for our nation so our american first agenda is really making sure i'm, I'm big about uh second amendment we have to safeguard protect our second amendment rights why because we have the left that is wanting to really take away the rights to keep and bear arms because they're more afraid of the, the people actually recognizing what they're, who they are and they're not really wanting to protect the constitutional rights because we're gonna need the second amendment to protect our first amendment. We're gonna need to then roll into the area of school choice. There's no way that our school systems should be ran by uh, the, federal the federal government telling the parents what to do with their kids and dictating where they should go and what masks they should wear and how many vaccines they should take. And then we want to roll into the area. One area is human trafficking. That is a, a federal issue that is often not spoke about because we normally see it that takes place in, in local cities. But here in Orange County, uh, the, the human trafficking is number two 
in the region in Orange County and Florida is number three in the country. This is because we have our borders that are open. So we need to make sure that we're securing our borders and making sure that if individuals want to come to the great state of the great country, the United States of America, that they're doing it legally. And that that is what we say. We're not trying to say that no one can come here. When we say America first, we want you to become an American so that you can join in the American dream with so many great citizens of this uh, great United States of America. And uh, we also like to tie in the fact that not only are we working with school choice, human trafficking, and we also are working to help safeguard and protect our Second Amendment, but we also want to make sure that we are protecting the life of the unborn. And that is sometimes something that is, uh, again, we've seen it on many platforms, but we have so many great individuals. I work with youth and young adult boys, and I see where, what if that opportunity was not there? So we have to make sure that we're protecting the life of those from the womb to the tomb. And we'll see right now this current administration actually put something in, in place with telemedicine, where it actually does not allow for the uh, for the pregnant mother to go into the medical places to actually make sure how their body is handling things, they just send them a pill in the uh, in the mail, mail, or they can just go pick it up. And this is actually becoming uh, destructive to the reproductive organs. This just happened with uh, with uh, Biden in that administration. So we need to look at legislation to make sure that we truly are protecting the life of the unborn and those mothers uh, from this. Uh, this is current administration and the left's agenda to really destroy the nuclear family. Uh, that's fantastic. Let me ask you about a specific issue that's, uh, it's an issue that I've been working on personally uh, since before I was in politics, even when I was in the military, I always try to take care of people, uh, especially, you know, folks that uh, may be down on their luck or, uh, uh, you know, gotten themselves in financial trouble and those kind of things. Uh, 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 Lynn Matthews, by the way, is asking what your impression of the bill the Senate is voting on today. Unfortunately, I don't have the Senate agenda in front of me, Lynn. So you, could you put the name or the short title of the bill up there and we'll, we'll have Mr. Montague uh, address that. But, but policy, uh, social policy, you know, the United States at the federal and state level has uh, just just massive amounts of social policy, but it's had some detrimental effects on all demographic communities that are at the poverty level and below, uh, but especially on the black American community and destroying what I call destroying the family. Uh, and, uh, and it's been going on for decades. And I hear a lot, especially on the, on the left say, yeah, we've got to, we've got to address these policies that are, uh, they use terms like uh, systemic racist policies and white supremacist policies. Well, this is Rob's opinion. The colonel's opinion is that they're not that type of, they're not infested with that. They're infested with overreach of government and government who wants to be benign, but being destructive because of poor policy. And many of those policies have been voted on by and approved by Democrats and pushed by Democrats, uh, uh, which is, we all know, over over 90% of the African-American community in America votes Democrats. So, yeah, let's address those bad policies. Let's address those bad policies. What, do right. you have, what are your thoughts on that, uh, specifically to help uh, rebuild the family for those families that are in poverty, whether they're black or white or Asian or I don't care, uh, because it, it, those policies affect all persons that are in that category, not just one specific race, but it has hit the African-American community very, very hard for decades now and actually has destroyed uh, a lot of families. Right. So uh, quite frankly, the Democrat Party has been the party that has continued to push the welfare system. If we look at the welfare system, it really allows the, the big government overreach to continue to, to act like they are God or the father or the mother in any housing situation. The Republican Party has always been the party of civil rights, the party that freed the slaves. We may not want to address it or really see that that this is really where it comes to, but uh, people like to say they switched. There was no there was no switch. Uh, what 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 is we're seeing right now is the left is continuing to really take us back. They're the ones that is taking back our black communities back to the past and making them feel like uh, there is somehow some systemic race uh, racism that's going out there somehow. Uh, when you go to school, that you are uh, less than. Because 
because you are black. And quite frankly, that is not the truth. I tell you that right here in Orange County, there is an area in Orange County called Paramore. That area is 52 percent below the poverty level. And that is under the Democrats under the Democrats rule. Uh, you also see where the homeless population is 30. 3,500 plus homeless individuals. In another uh, co uh, black community, you will see where one of the zip codes read below the national level. The national level is seventh to eighth grade reading level, and th this zip code alone reads under the national reading level. So the real issue that is uh, taking place is because the Democrats want to paint that the policies that are at hand, especially if it has, if they were not included or something that has to deal with responsibility, that they painted as being a racist policy, but really it's about accountability and it's about being responsible. And that's what the Republican Party is about. That's what the conservative movement is about. It's not about racism. It's about you being accountable for your action. Just this morning, I was sharing about the story about the man at the, at the gate in the Bible. And at, when he was at the gate, Jesus came by and asked him, will he be made whole? The man began to explain to him the reason why he was not healed. Um, he was there for 38 years, by the way. So we're going to tie this all together. For 38 years, he sat at that same gate waiting for someone else to take him down to the water because once a year, the angel would stir up the water and whoever got in first would be healed. So he waited there 38 years waiting for, now get this, everyone in that same area was all sick and had some kind of deformity. So they were not able to really help themselves. But he sat there for 38 years hoping that someone else in his condition would take him down to a place to be healed. Jesus asked one question. The question was, would, that be, would you be made whole? He's continued to give excuses. Jesus got rid of the excuses and simply said, take up your bed and walk. What I'm saying is this is where we are in modern day. You have so many individuals that is waiting for the government, especially within the inner cities, waiting for the government to decide when they can be made whole, when they can be able to get their food, when they can be able to get a, a stimulus check, when they can be able to come out of low income housing, but you have to make take the initiative to get up yourself. I've been there. I've been homeless. I've seen what it is to be in those conditions, but I could not stay there and basically sit there for 38 years hoping that someone else would do for me what I could do for myself. So that is my response to that, is that the Democrats always want to paint something as it is racist because they are they have created policies that really keep people in bondage because when you have a free thinker, it is dangerous to go against the left's agenda when you have true free thinkers. And that is what the Democrat Party is afraid of. They're not afraid about the Republicans. They're afraid about those who are free thinkers and that are going to challenge them for their leftist racist policies. Yeah, Dr. Montague, it's almost as if they don't want people, the citizens of America, to have a free country anymore. Right. It, it just uh, it puzzles me and it, uh, it baffles me, really, as someone who has served to the cause of freedom at risk of life and limb uh, for all of my adult life, and my dad did the same. Uh, but that's a great story, and, that, and it's very to the point. You know, it's it's those policies. Uh, I'm not opposed to using policy to help people that need help. I'm not opposed okay. to that. Not at all. I just want to make sure we have good policies that encourage family, uh, incentivize the family instead of do things like incentivize not being a married couple uh, with children uh, and those kind of things. And that's the kind of bad policy we have. Uh, and we can have policies that encourage people to pull themselves up and take up their bed and walk. Absolutely. As Jesus said, uh, that is a great point. Okay. Uh, Lynn, Lynn is, uh, the, I understand the question now. I'll put it up on the screen for the audience. Uh, Lynn's talking about S2093 or HR1, the for the people voting bill. Uh, she says Joe Manchin has tagged it the voter right bill. Uh, but really it's about in my opinion, federalizing all elections, which the Constitution explicitly gives that power to state legislatures, uh, not an executive or federal legislature. Well, what are your thoughts on this bill that's being voted on today? Absolutely. H.R. 1 to me is disastrous. And again, it goes back to the overreach. Um, here we go. We have an administration. We have those, especially with them ruling, you know, taking over the House 
and, and the Senate, we also see that they are, again, trying to make sure that they are safeguarding themselves. The Democrats is good about safeguarding their little network so that they can continue to win and share and pour out poison. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see this pass, which I don't believe it will. But we need to make sure that um, that H.R. 1 is not passed because the federal government, as you mentioned, the federal government is really supposed to be as limited as possible. The states are supposed to have the responsibility to make sure that those things, because the state would know better what is for their state than the federal are, uh, the, the federal would. And so that's why we need to get back to the place of making sure that all the local, local, state, and federal level government is actually in that order and that the federal government is not trying to overreach and take control over things that belong to the state. Uh, that's a great answer. Uh, and, uh, and Lynn and, and the rest of the audience, give us your feedback on, on Dr. Montague's answer, but, uh, I liked it. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to, or you have to agree with them. Well, we're interested in what you all think and want you to be engaged in the show. Uh, Dr. Montague, uh, you know, you talked about America first. You're obviously an America first type of man. Uh, you, you grew up in poverty. You're from a single parent home, uh, and, and you're successful. You know, uh, no, regardless of all that, like a, another good friend of mine, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, who I admire greatly, uh, and, and you're in that same category and you're just living proof that in America, it doesn't matter what station you're born to. It just doesn't matter. Uh, right. As long as you reach out and grasp the opportunity, uh, that's there for us, it can be done. It can be done. And we can uh deborah ilias uh, says she liked your answer and agrees uh and that you're right by the way <laughs> thank you deborah we appreciate you uh and uh but but take take the audience to your first week in congress what will it look like Woo. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been asked this before. My first week would personally be about teamwork building, trying to find other people, um, other uh, uh, members of Congress and colleagues that actually will come on the same page so we can work together. That's sometimes what I see uh, is uh, is the damaging part sometimes when it's actually time to get things worked on is that it's so many people that want to have the I moment so that they can say I did. Um, but if we come together collectively, especially those who are true, bona fide conservatives, we can actually get some work together. So my first week would actually be making sure to study up on what is uh, what is to come down for uh, voting. Make sure to get with uh, uh, fellow colleagues to see where they are, their thoughts, so we can actually have a, a, a discussion about it. So we'll see where we're going to go together. And then making sure, again, that we have all the resources necessary to be transparent with our community because it goes back again to the district and those that actually uh, voted for us to get there. So that's what I personally will be working on, making sure that everything is in place for transparency and that the District 10 constituents are being heard and are able to see every move that I make. So, so uh, Lynn Matthews, who asked the question about the, uh, the bill, I, get, I think she liked your response. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I think most people that are, that are objective, uh, uh, oriented people towards believing in America and its, and its, uh, its opportunity, its equality of opportunity really is what, what it's always been about, really. Uh, it's taken us a long time to get past a lot of uh, really bad things, but uh, but we are uh, past them. Except for some people appear to want us to go backwards, to resegregate, to separate uh, the races again, to make judge. Uh, uh, the worst part is to make judgments about somebody based on the color of their skin. Uh, so we we've gone from uh, slavery. Uh, uh, 600,000 Americans plus dying to end it, uh, to, uh, Jim Crow law, which was devastating to it. You know, uh, American blacks were freed of slavery, but which we just celebrated on Juneteenth, but they weren't independent like they should be like all Americans should be until the 1960s or seventies is when from a legal perspective, that independence was finally pushed through due to the civil rights movement led by Dr. Martin Luther King. Junior, uh, but some people want us to 
do the opposite of what Dr. King said. Dr. King said in his, uh, I have a dream speech, I believe it was, and I'm paraphrasing now, that, that he wanted his children to, to inherit an America where people judge them based on their character, not the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's what I believe. Uh, I was ecstatic when we uh, made his day, uh, uh, his birthday, a national holiday. Uh, and, uh, and I've always supported a Juneteenth national holiday. I think we should call it the National Freedom Day instead of Independence Day so as not to confuse it. But, but be that as it may, there are a lot of people on the other side that are actively saying and actually teaching our children in public schools at this point that everything is based on the color of your skin. And now we've turned the wheel and now it's white people are bad. White people are automatically bad because, and white supremacists and racists because they're born that way. Uh, what do you say to those folks, Dr. Montague? Well, I'll start with this. Um, it was uh, a couple of days ago, uh, it was a group of us that actually went out to eat. And while we were sitting there, our waitress, uh, we had made a comment about Ron DeSantis, our great governor here in Florida. And um, the the she made like like a face. She was so like not with Governor DeSantis. So what I told the group was, was let's let's pull away from the Governor DeSantis side. Let's pull away from the Republican side. Let's not mention anything. Let's start talking policy. So we started just throwing out little policy things. We started throwing out things that you know. How do you feel about school? How do you feel you know about guns? And we started just going that route. And everything that we were putting out there that was actually Republican platform your basis is she agreed with it. So then we turned it back around and said, this is what. Governor DeSantis stands on. And by the way, we are we Republicans and majority of us were black. So we are, we are Republicans. And she was just like shocked. She was like, well, I'm going to vote for it. I'm want, I want the help. So it goes back to this. It's like what the media portrays and what is being put out there by the Democrats is all about putting a, a putting a mirror in front of them. And the mirror is really not them seeing themselves, it's really already an image placed in there for them to believe that that is how you have to look. You have to look, this is what you have to go by. You you are being targeted, you are being chased down, you, you, you are a, a victim and you're not the one that is the victor. So really to me, when you look at the school system and this whole critical race theory uh, stuff that's going on, where it's because I'm black that I'm somehow now uh, uh, at a disadvantage and my oppressors who are those who are not a minority, they're my oppressors and they should learn how to not be so oppressive. I don't know what America that we have come to with this agenda that's coming down, but it's not the America, as you mentioned, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, made sure to mention over and over again that it is not about the color of one's skin. It is about the content of the character. And this shows the character of those who are pushing it. Anytime you can push to divide a sect of people from uniting, whether you're black or white or Asian or whatever it is that you are, and if you can have a, a group of individuals, a, a whole party that is trying to push the, uh, the initiative for us to be separated because we are the oppressed, because we're minorities, that speaks of their character. And that should actually be something where it pings to somebody's mind and say, wait a minute, why are we divided? Why are we coming against each other? How am I oppressed? I'm able to go to work just like they are. I'm able to go to the mall. I'm able to go out to eat. I'm not coming in the back door. I'm able to go through the front door. So this is where we have to look at it. Are, are, are we really going to allow them to, uh, to separate us? Are we going to stand up and say that we are the people that are going to look at your character and not the color of your skin? Wow. Uh Dr. Montague, you, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the left uh, talking point argument is, is now starting to be revealed and they're saying, oh, oh, we're, we're really not doing this in the schools. And uh, uh, my daughter and, and my grandsons uh, uh, live in Des Moines, Iowa, or just outside mm -hmm. of Des Moines, Iowa. And I, I just got a, a download of leaked documents from the school systems in Iowa uh, where it shows that they're teaching that things like make America great again is racist and white supremacist and, and all kinds of things uh, that are what, what are called critical race theory 
type items, but the left is busy out there from their media propagandists to their po politicians are now saying, whoa, whoa, oh, we're not really doing this. Uh, uh, the right is, uh, is making this up. It's a conspiracy theory, but it's just not true. Uh, that is not true, what they're saying. Uh, and uh, what do you say to parents and constituents uh, and voters that, uh, that hear this? Uh, and how should we address this, uh, this, especially, you know, in the schools? Oh, my goodness. I don't want my little, my little grandsons to be trained uh, and, and, and uh, uh, educated, so to speak, to think that because someone is, has brown skin, they're not as capable as they are. It's just, it's just that's what comes across in this training uh, and all of it uh, when you read it. And, and yes, I have read it and I know what critical race theory. So, so how do you address that? Uh, I liked your story about, uh, about the, the young lady at the restaurant. Uh, you have any other advice on how can, people can take that on when they get hit with, oh no, we're really not doing this. Uh, you're a conspiracy theorist and all that. Right. Well, again, it goes back to, uh, you know, look at the condition of their heart, look at the, you know, the things that they're putting out there. One thing that parents can definitely do is start showing up to the school board meetings and start making sure that they are asking for curriculum, asking for outline. What is my, uh, what are what are my children being taught? What is it that you're actually teaching them? Because they can slide in in any kind of way. You want to make sure that when your children go to school, that they're actually learning. It is a sad day when kids go to school and they know more about everything that is social at life and everything about racism, but they really don't know, uh, you know, basic math and reading skills. And then, but they know how to determine if someone is is being their oppressor and they're being the victim. And this goes to, as I would say, to the to the parents, please make sure that you're showing up to school board meetings, PTA meetings, making sure that you're holding these teachable, these teachers accountable, the superintendents, the school board members accountable. It's time to show up and show up in droves. Uh, you know, I know it. A lot of times we didn't show up in school board meetings because you know, it's like, okay, you know, they're just going to vote there. But now, you know, the mass mandate really, really, really got a lot of parents to start coming and showing out. And so, keep that momentum. Do not relent just keep going keep pushing forward make sure that everything that is uh, coming in your children's ear is what you would want to teach them at home what well, absolutely right you know uh listen to this man folks and, and if you want to support him to get to congress uh go to teamwilly.com and donate 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 share it uh you know, we all know that it's winning is about money when you're talking about political campaigns for an elected office. And uh, it's sad that we're there, but that's what it is. Uh, but we can power winning campaigns uh, without having to take corporate money and those kind of things. And the, I want to turn to a little bit of what, what current events type stuff, uh, Dr. Montague. I know we've touched on them a little bit, but, uh, but let's talk about wokeism. Uh, I'm doing a video editorial this week on the on a uh, a, a, trans, a drag queen event at a club at Nellis Air Force Base. I was in the Air Force for 30 plus years. Nellis Air Force Base is where we it's the premier warfighter development center. When we when we send American aviators that are combat aviators to go train in their maximum effort training uh, exercises, so they don't die in war. Uh, when they have to go to war, we send them to Nellis Air Force Base. And it's where all of our, our top uh, school is, our weapons school, which is the top school for warriors in the Air Force uh, and everything. And, uh, and it reminded me of when I was 17, as an, uh, the lowest enlisted rank, that they used to actually allow uh, uh, strippers to come perform at clubs on the bases. It, it, was, a, it was not an uncommon thing. Uh, back in those days. I know I'm ancient, but I'm not that ancient. So I was surprised to see the drag queen event happen at a club and to be supported and endorsed by the senior leadership at the base. That's just an example of this wokeism. Uh, and I've got my own thoughts on those types of events. Uh, but, uh, but it seems to be uh, that if you speak out against this, you're immediately labeled as a bigot or or, or a bad person, uh, or you know, sexist, 
transphobic, homophobic, you name the phobia and those kind of things. So I have a documented record that shows that I'm not uh, in my Air Force career and pretty much documented in, after that uh, for the last 10 years. But but a lot of people don't have that and they just have to like, they just, they don't know what to do when they get tagged with these, these stupid right. labels when all they're really trying to do is make sure that the right thing is done by their kids and their country. How do you well, handle that? I, I'll tell you, you know, I call it woke, but sleep. <laughs> it's a woke, but sleep culture. They, they it, you know, is it, a, again, it goes back to where if you try to uh, appease everyone, you end up appeasing no one because the whole agenda is to make sure that, you know, if you're going to incorporate everyone, just put, just make sure that it, at the end of the day, it's about the condition of your heart. How have your community been changed if you're in that community? That's what I'm very big about. How has your community changed with you being there? If you cannot answer that question with, we have done X, Y, and Z with me involved, and all you can show forth is that you have put on a costume and you have paraded around, you read books of children in a costume, and you're pretending you do not teach kids how to be original. One thing that we teach about uh, to children is how they're not to be a carbon copy, to be yourself. So that is not being yourself when you are feeding into this woke agenda of making sure that everyone has some type of alphabet attached to them or you have a chance to go here and have this party or we have to have separate months and celebrations. What we have to get to is what has changed in your community? How have the kids been bettered? How has the quality of life been bettered? What has, how have you cleaned up the streets? Let's get back to those general questions of what have you done outside of parading around in a costume? What has come the results of those things? And can you actually say that anything has been done and accomplished? And if you answer no to that, that means that you are not being your original true self. And instead you have become an entertainer. Well, here's a question for you, Dr. Montague. Uh, you know, on these issues, when you're in Congress, will you stand up and, and speak up for the regular Americans out there that are opposed to this craziness? Uh, not, we're not, a, they're not opposed to people, you know, I, look, I don't give a damn in the military, what color you are, what your sex is, uh, uh, what your choices are, as long as you are mission ready. You know, there are certain things that can keep you from being mission ready. Mental health is one of them. Physical health is one of them. Being overweight is one of them. So I don't care. What I care about is kind of what you said, which is, you know, we just want to help our community. We want our, we don't want kids to be in poverty. We, you know, we want the right things for the kids in this country. So a kid taken out of poverty that can be successful uh, or helped to get out of poverty uh, uh, like you and me, I mean, I was a poor kid when I went in the, in the military. Uh, so, you know, it can be done, but Absolutely. we want to help people. We don't care about these kinds of things. And we don't want policies that try to force us to care about these types of issues or even agree with them. Just because I care about people and don't care what their choices are, doesn't mean I want policy that that I disagree with to be forced down my throat. Right. And we have enough policy and regulations as it is. We have to actually get down to what is important and making, again, it goes like some of these things is, is, is uh, things that can be recognized maybe on a state or local level, because you want to go out there and say, this is who you are. That's, that's your personal individual responsibility. I'm big about individual responsibility, but when it comes down to on a federal level, when individuals such as some of these, uh, you know, Congress, uh, men and women and, and senators want to address the issue, uh, and make pretty much almost the taxpayers. Well, the taxpayers are now having to pay for some of these things because of the, I think I just saw where it, the taxpayers in one city had to actually put out money. They didn't realize they was even paying the money to have this whole of Event, this whole pride event that took out i think it was in town We're, we look at it like this that is not the responsibility of, of of us as the united states citizens to be responsible for the things that you do behind closed doors uh when it comes to those areas and so uh we should always be looking at policies that are once again that are right there with the constitution getting back to common sense things if we got back to common sense things we will find that you are actually freer 
than you are now if you got back to the common sense the the left has made it so so difficult for individuals just to be them to now you don't know what you can say and even those who are had fed into the the left agenda most of them are even restricted they don't even realize they're restricted so we just got back to the common sense principles we will actually see that we are actually better off just being where the constitution has us at which is being those free individual american citizens and not warped up in a time zone of uh, I, I need to have this holiday. I need to have this uh, this memorial. I need to have this. And if this doesn't work, tear that down, remove that, put that policy there, do that. And people want to make law. Just like I made this comment uh, when it goes, we we'll go back to the the racist thing. And I was like, if it if the left was so concerned about some of these things, why couldn't they make a bill to make it go away? Because that's not how it works. These things are conditions of hearts. These things are where people are in their mental state. You can't write any law whatsoever to get rid of or to help the aid in these areas. These are things that people have to deal with on their own individual selves because that is what that's what America is made up of. We don't need the government to tell us how to run our houses or behind closed doors. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm with you. I, I'm a big believer in learning from history and the opposite, which is uh, not ignoring history and refusing to learn from right. it because you're condemned to repeat it. Uh, that old adage is true uh, if, if we ignore history. So, I mean, it really troubles me to, to see things removed from public view uh, instead of being presented to young Americans and old Americans alike as from a reality perspective, you know, uh, uh, there's a Confederate general and his wife whose remains are going to be removed from their burial place in a park that was renamed uh, away from their name. The statue they were buried under with him on a horse. It's Nathan Bedford Forrest. I mean, he's a, uh, he was a racist. There's no doubt about it uh, and everything. But to desecrate graves, you know, and those kind of things, instead of marking it and teaching folks about those kind of things, I read about a law that's being pursued in a town, I think it's in Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, uh, and uh, that is uh, one that to flatten any historic building that was ever owned by a white supremacist. Well, let's start with the capital uh, of the United States of America, that Capitol building, the one that they're hollering and screaming about, the fake insurrection that happened on January 6th, that was built by white supremacists, folks. Uh, I mean, there, we can't deny that. We can't deny that. So we have to teach from right. uh, that perspective. Uh, and they say that's the control of democracy. The left does that it's sacred ground. It's important. Trust me. I know the symbology of it. And, I, and I've taken family members there to, to look at those historic paintings and all the history that's occurred there. But that's what's important about it is the history that's occurred there stop removing things from public view. And I hope you'll stand up and fight against that very aggressively and vocally when you're in Congress, because we need more voices. There are so many politicians up there that are just, they're scared. I call them milk toast, uh, you know, and it, and it, but they don't hesitate to come out against a Republican that speaks their mind. Uh, just take a look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and I'm not going to defend any of the stuff that she said that she probably should have characterized it or art, more artfully phrased it, but I am going to defend her uh, for willingness to have the courage to stand up uh, and fight against this kind of craziness and those kind of things. Let's talk a little bit about crime, uh, Dr. Montague. Uh, we've touched on poverty and, uh, and social policy that hurts the family and those kind of things, and, and one of the results of those kind of things is crime. Uh, right. But then we last year with the whole George Floyd thing, uh, I mean, we don't need to debate that. But but what we do need to talk about is the defund the police movement, because that apparently I mean, I mean, I think Minneapolis is up several hundred percent in violent crime. New York City, Portland, Oregon, we know is uh, like 800 percent up in, in violent crime. Uh, Los Angeles, all the major cities are. Uh, that have taken these defund actions are now experiencing these extremely high crime rates. I mean, New York City's said to be worse than it was when Rudy Giuliani took over as mayor and started turning it around. Right. And, 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 it, and it goes back to, um, again, where we created a system of let's 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 be woke. Let's be let's say these things. Let's it, it becomes fads. I'm just going to say it is a fad. You know, everybody wanted to defund the police until they needed the police. 
you know, so it's, 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 yeah. it's that kind of situation. So I look at it, you know, crime is indeed increasing. And what we need to do is we do need to look at uh, 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 reforming in those areas, police reform. I have no problem with saying that um, there are some things that, you know, you're going to have bad apples everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go, whether you're on your job or whether you're on the police force, you're going to have bad apples. The, the question is, is that something that is widespread where every single police officer is coming against you? Absolutely not. Because uh, if it was an issue about the white police officer coming against the, the black man or woman and, and killing them, there are black police officers that have been on the scenes of some of these incidents. And so it's, it, that cannot even be used as a, as a racial thing. The thing is, is about having more training. If we want to really see a strong police force, we just have to say, if you, if you defund it, how are we going to be able to make sure that we're getting them properly trained? Because we're going to need police and we're going to need to absolutely back the blue. So that's where I stand on that is making sure that when we speak about police reform, that we're speaking about more training, more education in the areas of what to do, what not to do, uh, maybe more academy time, making sure also that there are citizen review boards that are actually looking at some of these accusations because it's some and in, in some police forces, they have their own review groups where they review among themselves. And so uh, I think that it needs to be citizen review. And of course, the citizen review need to be those who are trained and developed as well to know what to look for. That is not, you know, it's not biased. Uh, and then you need to also make sure that the, the body cams are on 100 percent of the time all the way, because actually there's a thing about a minute and 30 second time. Uh, frame before when they cut it on to when it actually starts recording and that's where they can say oh well they didn't get on there because of whatever so just making sure that we up some of our software making sure that we look over those issues and then stop stop blaming the police for uh, the actions of some of these individuals who are just straight out criminals <laughs> so we need to look at it so what i will go back to that area of being criminals is that if you see that this this individual if you look at their their past and you see that they were troubled from youth why do we not have more pastors stepping up in those communities why do we not have more community involvement why don't we have these same individuals helping to make sure that they have mentorship and uh, uh making sure they understand just the simple life skills those are the issues we need to be talking about because those are the things that end up having someone who is 12 years old that later on becomes 25 years old and then when they're dead you're you're, you're on the streets hollering and screaming but you knew that the pattern was it, that this individual was going in this pattern direction but there was nothing that was done and no i don't care how much flack i get for it we have to do, we have to do more in the inner cities community to make sure that there are actually bona fide mentorship programs that are helping our youth and young adult men and women we cannot get up and want to defund a whole police force when it is something that we know was a problem 10 years before that police officer showed up to your house or on your property well said. Well said. You know, I would just remind everybody that if you if you reduce training resources, you get poorly trained professionals in the streets. Uh, in this case, we're talking about police officers. Uh, it, 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 it applies across the board. You know, in the military, when when operations and readiness counts are reduced, accounts are reduced by Congress. Guess what happens? Readiness falls. Uh, and it's documented. It, you can you can see it in the data. Uh, and the same thing happens, and, and you see it in the data already with the crime rates just uh, going through the roof in these major cities where the defund process uh, has worked. And and that's it. You know, I don't believe that every police officer is out to get uh, going out and trying to kill young black kids. Uh, it just it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, and you kind of touched on it. Dr. Montague, and that is that some of these people are just plain criminals. And, and honestly, if you're out there resisting arrest and you put stuff in your body that might be hurting you physically uh, and something happens to you while you're doing that, it's hard for me to look at the police officer when we look at the investigation and go, well, what choice did they have? You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those things. We, we But I think there are people that can come together and work on adequate uh, changes to policy, but it's still local. It's not federal policy. Federal policy, all that does is muck it up. 
uh, uh, you right. know, you can give guidelines and those kind of things and suggestions. But if you try to implement a federalized policy and a federal and make a police force federalized, never going to work. Doesn't happen in this country. There's too many types of organizations from sheriffs to, to little city uh, uh, village police forces, state police, all of those things. It just doesn't work. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, related to crime is gun control. You mentioned it. I mentioned it in the opening monologue. You mentioned it uh, in, in your America First policy discussion. But, you know, it seems like the left uh, always wants to use any kind of, uh, almost any kind. If it's one of their guys, they don't want to use it. Uh, right. Let's just put it that way. It, but, but any kind of, of uh, tragedy where guns are involved to try to do things like take assault weapons off the street. Well, they are 15 folks. It's not an assault weapon. It's a, it's an Armalite rifle. 15 is what its frame is based on. It's semi-automatic, like every hunting rifle that exists today, almost, uh, except for I've got one. It's a lever action, uh, that, uh, that has to be, you know, activated by hand, but still, uh, I could shoot seven rounds off uh, as fast as a semi-automatic rifle with that. And still, it wouldn't be outlawed under these guys' crazy plans and everything. And, you know, it seems like everything they want to do ties my hands as a citizen. And uh, that that goes against my rights. I mean, they want to do it with the Second Amendment. They're trying to do it with the First Amendment through censorship through the big tech oligarchs. We're hearing that government's now got agreements with the big tech oligarchs to censor people and suppress information. But with gun control specifically, they've always gone after the law-abiding citizen instead of the criminals that use these guns. And, and Chicago, I hate to bring it up, but Chicago is the city that just, it puzzles me why like groups like the NFL football players, the Major League Baseball, the NBA, all those groups aren't going, hey, Chicago, we're going to boycott you if you don't get control of this problem where, I mean, thousands of, especially young black people are being killed in the streets for no reason whatsoever. We saw just this week, a Puerto Rican couple uh, was, uh, uh, was attacked for what looked like no reason whatsoever. And, and uh, one of the two, they were both wounded, but the other one was executed uh, with a bullet to the head in public on camera. Uh, and, and, and that kind of thing happens it seems like on a daily basis in the city of Chicago, but we don't see any of the, the social and corporate forces and government forces that would normally pile on to a gun control argument uh, or activist activity uh, to try to get control of this issue. That, that issue is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to watch these young people and old people alike get, just get gunned down or knifed or or those kind of things. And nobody wants to really talk about it or do anything. Right. Yeah. It's not until it doesn't fit the agenda uh, of the Democrats uh, that they start talking about uh, really, again, going back to the crime issue and also addressing what's going on in those communities. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer when the second amendment says shall not be infringed, it means shall not be infringed and the government should not step in to try to come against uh, our rights as uh, set, uh, 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 gun holders and being able to own guns. This is the thing that is the issue, as we've said before, it's not, it's not the gun. The gun does not get up and have feet and decide to go and find someone to shoot. You have the individuals who, one, are criminals who should not have the gun, two, you have a lot of mental health uh, uh, issues that are going on. So this goes back, and, and drugs, this goes back to... Uh, Again, the community and those who are in the community making sure that they are doing, and this goes also back to if we remove the police, uh, who is going to patrol, who is going to make sure when we deal with gang, a lot of people who are being shot down, are they're, they're killing each other. And then once that happens, it's no longer a discussion. I think I was reading something, how many, I think it was over... Uh, uh, just alone, how many, um, I think it was in the thousands of people who have died in Baltimore uh, from their own violence among each other, you know, pretty much black on black crime. And so we don't want to address it. We don't want to address it because uh, it doesn't fit uh, the narrative of, of the left because they want us to control guns. But to be honest with you, you can't control a gun from a, a criminal because that's how they got the gun. Uh, it's not like they're carrying a legal gun and they, and they can put, they can, 
uh, pull out a permit and say, hey, yeah, you know, I have the right to own it. So that's not going to work. Again, it is it's really coming against those who are uh, citizens who are doing things the right way. And so they need to look at it from the perspective of how do we address what is happening in those communities on the crime level and how do we make sure to clean those guns up? For example, uh, you know, Val Demings is, was on that side of, uh, you know, let's gun control, gun control. Uh, but even herself, she ended up losing her own uh, a, a gun, her patrol gun, uh, and it ended up in the hands of a criminal. So, uh, you know, that 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 shows you just how it is uh, when it comes down to uh, who gets to say what when it applies to who. And so and she's one of those individuals. So, you know, like, hey, they took the whole duffel bag out of your patrol car uh, out, you know, took the gun and still haven't found it and uh, is out there in the hand of some criminal. And yet and still, you want that gun control. But as you can see, you're supposed to be the chief of police who is able to make sure you're locking up your gun that's supposed to protect other citizens. And instead, it's a criminal that took your gun. So even you having gun control, that would have not stopped that criminal from getting to your unlocked patrol vehicle and taking that gun and going around killing someone else because the gun control was not in, that would not have stopped that individual from doing that. But there are some Democrats that have... Uh, voted yes on and drafted legislation that would put a gun owner or a gun user who's responsible for a gun in jail for an incident like that in this country. Uh, it's uh, That's an interesting story. Let's turn to foreign policy uh, and national security here for a second. Uh, we're coming up at the end of our time, Dr. Montague. Uh, uh, where, where are you at on uh, this anti-Semitic uh, uh, thread that seems to be running through uh, lots of the Democrat elected officials in the U.S. Congress. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that people don't realize that. Uh, well, I'm going to say this concerning when it deals with Israel. I think I've seen something where someone asked, how do I, how I stand yeah. with Israel? Uh, so That's I where am, the question's I am, coming I, from. Yeah, I am. I am. A, I'm pro-Israel. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why, because of me and, and being in, in ministry. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of the Democrats really have no research abilities at all. You know, most of them probably don't even read the Bible or they don't even understand really what God is saying, what he's what he's instructing us to do. And it talks about standing with Israel. And let me explain this. Uh, do we do we con uh, do we uh, condone uh, those things that are going on uh, that should not be going on, that's inappropriate, that's outside of God's word. Well, when you have things that are that are in error, well, you speak of those things, but does that mean that uh, we go tear down? And I've, I've seen people say, hell, Palestine, do this and that. We have to understand that Israel is an ally. It, the Israel is an ally to the United States of America, and there are bona fide uh, uh <laughs> uh, criminals and terrorists that are over on the other side. And this is more about so this is more about biblical principles and about making sure that this is the land that was protected and safeguarded. It's God's word, and I and and I can't go in any any deeper or the, on a more of a policy stance than other than I'm really firm about standing on what God said in that area and safeguarding. So if you actually look at the map, you actually see that uh, just pretty much a little speck of what they're really what what is really going on and how and compared to what is around it and what they're fighting over to get which is compared to Israel and what's around it so really to me is again uh, it's it's us meddling in uh, other nations that have actually been an ally and us just wanting to take control and uh, be the be the voice for every single thing that's out there where we're not even um, protecting our own nation from this current administration and safeguarding our our borders and making sure that our children and our families are protected and making sure that our jobs are protected instead we want to go over and create a, a, another war and and uh, as you've seen biden try to you know make comments uh, uh to putin and and like you know he has no strength and backbone to even be able to go that route so it, it just it just seems to me that um they're just they're loose cannons and they don't really know where to put where to put their energy at uh, when it comes down to making america first and not being uh concerned about um how they're going to be able to control the whole united states or the whole world yeah uh Thank you for that uh, that answer because you know a lot of folks don't have the courage to stand up and just say what they think uh, and what they believe and, uh, uh, and and we're pretty much on the same page. Uh, if I were running for office, I'd, I'd have a similar answer. Uh, the uh, Afghanistan war, 
the endless war policy that Donald Trump tried to end, uh, uh, and I think has successfully guided on that trail. And uh, at least the President Biden didn't overturn the Afghanistan withdrawal. I think he unnecessarily extended it. Uh, you know, uh, this endless war policy is something that as a professional warrior for America, uh, now retired, uh, I've studied uh, those kind of things. They, they, they lead you to weakness, uh, just like Biden. He, he's weak. And what does weakness lead to? Weakness leads historically to bigger wars than you would have otherwise uh, by becoming, you know, presenting a posture of weakness. And a strategic withdrawal from Afghanistan is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of a political will and strength of a nation to be able to recognize, hey, we've done the mission that we, we could do. We're, we're creating more challenges for the Afghani people than we're solving. It's time to go home. Uh, and, and, you know, every time a country gets into nation building like that, the Soviet Union had to get out of Afghanistan. We had to get out of Vietnam. Every time uh, a powerful nation does something like this, uh, it always ends uh, from the perspective of, you know, the war, what I call the war hawks. Some call them neocons. They're probably a mixture of that. Uh, they're Democrats and Republicans. Uh, uh, you know, they want to stay. We've got to stay. You know, we're going to fight them here. If we don't fight them there, uh, look, folks, we did our mission there. It's time to bring people home. I don't want my grandsons fighting in a war that I fought in, my son fought in, uh, and then dying for that when there's no mission to be completed, really, from a United States perspective. Right. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that, well, I, I, anything that President Trump put out there that was, uh, I believe to me, was. Uh, putting uh, Amer America first, and as uh, again we go to this administration, is about a, p a power grab. They want to seem to be strong and mighty, and yet it's still it is weakening. Um, it is weakening our foreign uh, our foreign policies. It's weakening our, our our national security. Is weakening everything that made up what President Trump really fought hard over those four years. And um, to me, it's disheartening because we have individuals that were. Uh, really just just really standing with president trump to make sure that we become the strongest nation there is and here we are right now we don't even see even that that level of respect i i firmly believe there are some nations that are just laughing at us and just like we what what do, what do we do they're probably like this this was a, we need a refund <laughs> because it's like this is this is destructive and so uh, you know, I, I just believe that, uh, yes, you know, we need to we need to end it. Uh, we've had we've been going this over and over again, and uh, we need to make sure that we're strengthened and that we're secure. And when it's necessary, as you mentioned, and we have an assignment, that's like an assignment with anything. When you have an assignment, that assignment is completed. You don't just sit there twirling your thumbs and just like, you know, poking the bear. You, you go and you you go, you become stronger. You spend time with your family. And when that assignment comes again, you go out and do what's necessary. And that is how we become strong, because we become strategists. We're just not out there, you know, in the wind, deciding to do whatever is is necessary to make us look some type of way. We be we're strategists, and that's what makes America strong. Because people don't know what our next moves are, except with this current administration that tells everything. But um, you know, otherwise than that, we don't we don't tell people because when the, when you least expect it, we're ready to take arms and we're ready to go out there and fight back and do what is necessary. Yeah, and I can guarantee you the NATO countries that uh, weren't used to having to pay their fair share or their 2% of GDP, which is what the, every member country is supposed to pay, uh, especially like Germany, uh, they are very happy that President Trump's gone because he held their feet to the fire, not to destroy the alliance, but to make the alliance stronger. Uh, you know, And uh, if these people that are in office want to go uh, send our kids to defend the European kids' uh, uh, a Europe that European kids don't want to sign up to fight for and European countries don't want to put their kids in the military uh, to fight for their own defense. Uh, that's a problem. That's a weak alliance right there. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're, you're right on the money uh, uh, on the target, as we would say in the Air Force, uh, Dr. Montague, with that posture and that position. Uh, we're running out of time. So real quick, Dr. Montague, tell everybody once again, where they can go donate and where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. Go to teamwilly.com, team, 
WILLIE.com. Go up there and, and see the platform, donate. I'm um, able to also make sure that you visit on Rep Montague, uh, Rep my last name, and that's on Twitter and Facebook is Dr. Willie Montague, and I'm on Instagram as well. So please go and follow and let me know um, how we can be a service to you. If you have any feedback, any comments or questions, uh, I'd be more than glad to make sure that we answer those. But most importantly, we need your help. We're up against a machine here in District 10. Um, the Democrats are fighting hard and we want to be able to fight back harder. So please make sure to go to teamwilly.com. Donate, donate, donate. Uh, any amount is uh, is helpful. The max is $2,900. So I think I hear someone out there chiming in saying they got it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, appreciate you letting them know, and thank you again for coming on. Uh, I hope this helps your campaign, uh, helping getting the word out, and uh, uh, your team will be hearing from me once we have the video ready to go, uh, so you all can uh, can share around your social networks. Thanks again, Dr. Montague, and, and thank very you. good luck to you, uh, and I hope to see you being sworn into Congress here yes, in 2020. thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the Rob Manus Show today. We uh, appreciate you being engaged as an audience and uh, donate, donate, donate to these candidates when I have them on. They need your help. Uh, they can't they can't do it without us. Uh, and uh, each and every one of them, uh, if I have them on, that means that they have my personal endorsement. Uh, and uh, that they're being assessed for any other types of endorsement from any uh, other organizations that I may be involved in. Uh, so thank you again for your time today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, I'm Rob Manis.